Welcome to the Power Hour. I'm Adrienne Herbert, wellness coach, international speaker and author. Each week I speak to a variety of guests from business founders to Olympic athletes, leading coaches, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, their rules to live by and what motivates them to get up out of bed each day. Personally, I am on a mission to encourage, motivate and inspire. So I hope that the Power Hour will help you to achieve your personal and professional goals. Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. Today, I'm joined by a wonderful friend. She is a yoga teacher, public speaker, runner, wellness advocate, and all-round giver of energy and vibes. Welcome to the show, Santia Legister. Oh, that was nice. Hello, thank you for having me. So good to be here with you. I've been looking forward to this all week. I feel like it's going to be, selfishly, like a wonderful hour that's going to uplift <laughs> me, it's going to motivate me, it's probably going to calm me. You always make me feel zen. So. So yeah, I know that you always share so much wisdom, even in our interactions, if it's a five minute conversation, I always walk away going, wow, that was really powerful. So I'm really looking forward to sharing it with all the listeners of the show. No pressure. I love that. Thank you. One thing I was thinking when you just said that is it's so nice and I think important to listen to the feedback that your friends and people in your life give to you and see how they see you. And I think it's kind of like a little... It's a little thing to put in your toolbox for the days where it's all a bit, it's not going how it should be going. It's all a bit downhill or mm. feeling a bit flat. And then thinking, do you know what? This is the person I am. Like these people, you know, have told me. Yes. And so yeah, you've just reminded me of that. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, it's all true. <laughs> that is the energy that you give to people. You you help them, you advise them, you are a wonderful example to them. You're a judgment-free person. You just- Trying, trying. You, honestly, it's, it's, it's wonderful to, to have a friend like you. And today there's so many things that I want to talk to you about. So of course, we're going to talk about movement, which is yeah. a shared passion of ours. We're going to talk a little bit about work and business and work life, a little bit about feeling good, kind of tapping back into what I've just described about how I feel when I'm with you about running and the Mm. London Marathon don't really want to even say it I want to whisper that (laughs) and of course the power hour so so much to get into but let's start off with movement so we both have a shared passion for this but when did you discover movement when when did it become such a big part of your life I think around about 10 12-ish years ago yeah over 10 years but like not 20 (laughs) Um, and I always describe myself as I was like a normal person (laughs) before so of course I had taken out many gym memberships in my time and of course I had great hopes and high expectations and I went a bit started realizing things I did like things I didn't like and also I think it's probably one of the bigger first lessons in like motivation is just like this real part-time mate that is not there very often sometimes you know with the hard things and that I probably wasn't very good at going when motivation wasn't there so I'd kind of like get into something for a month maybe and then I'd leave and then I'd kind of have to try and cancel the membership very normal and then weirdly I ended up working in sport, helping young people and coming up with programs and like supporting local authority initiatives and managing like a swim program and all this stuff. And it was weird because I like people, which is why I had those jobs and I kind of ended up migrating to that role. But I don't feel like I knew much about moving or I did not understand those people that are like endorphins and I I need to move because I'm generally quite upbeat, quite happy, quite vibesy anyway. So I was like, well, I have no reason to go and seek that in my life. Um, I also was a person who, do I admit to it? I'll admit to it. Yeah, I didn't. I was just like one of those really ignorant people with the runners. You know, like when runners are in your way and you're trying to like, (laughs) I'm trying to live my best life. You're in my way. You're in garish gums, you know. <laughs> Sweating I, all over the place. Basically. And also, I would just find them really rude, but actually they were matching my energy. I always be, I mean, I'd be like, oh, you're in my way. Like, I was that person. And obviously, I now realise that I was probably just a bit jealous and wanted oh. to be a bit like them. Oh. Um, but were you, would you say you were sporty or you're saying like growing up you no. weren't sporty? So even at school, were you in like netball team running? You were just like, not, not for me. So... I'm laughing because I don't know how it happened. No, not sporty at all. I think definitely one of the kids in like year seven, you know, like you have a few PE lessons and after like the second or third one, the teacher already writes you off and therefore kind of doesn't 
this is my my version of this story. Teachers might say it else, but like kind of don't really bother to explain the rules in a way that you might understand. Try to say, well, you know what, this position might not be for you. That might be for you. And even I don't feel when I look when I watch films and look at the kind of roles like I didn't know someone had like an agent, like a you know a sporting person would have an agent. I might really like that job. But mm. I might need to know some rules of some sports and like get into sporting mm. circles. If like a different way to engage yeah. other than just being. Yeah. Exactly. So I was very much like, it was like I was on the bench, you know, literally, literally <laughs> on the bench. And also I went to a girls school and the boys school was next door and we shared like communal bits together. And it was like, you know, I developed quite quickly. And so you're sort of like, you've got these boobs and these hips. And my mum was like, you ain't shaving your legs. And you're like, they're making you wear these like weird skorts. So I was like, nah. nah not into it um and so it was more of a revelation to me when I kind of was in this job with a bit of sports stuff going on and then I started having new people come into my life that were like really into it a mate of mine at work she was a PT another person used to run and I was just like I don't understand why I'm with these people you know we get on but they'd invite me to all these things and I'd be like I don't want to go to that I'm not interested in that it sounds like a lot of hard work and sweating <laughs> no so yeah not sporty at school didn't understand sport, didn't think there'd be any kind of career other than being the sports person. Mm. And also, yeah, I think it's very much uh, an example of you don't know what you don't know. And I didn't, and also sometimes you can dream of things and you can have aspirations and, but I wouldn't even say, like I didn't ever sit down and think, I'd really like to like run the marathon or, you know, like I'd watch the Olympics with my family. I would find it so boring. It was like listening to a really dry newsreader. Oh, oh, Sancho, you've lost me there. I know. You've used lost to. Me now. It used to be like that. <laughs> but can you imagine? Like you know, like a lot of my family would love to watch the Olympics, and you know, obviously you've got like amazing heroes and black heroes as well. So I mean, and I'd just be like, I don't understand. It. It was almost like. I know what you mean because I can relate to that if someone was watching the cricket. Like if someone's watching the cricket, right. it's just background noise to me. But if it was the athletics or something like, like that, I would be like, this is the best thing ever. But I know what you mean. I can put it in that category of like a sport where I don't know the rules. I'm not interested. It's really long and it just seems like background noise. But yeah. from that that you're describing, so yeah, not being sporty at school, not engaging in sports or fitness in that way... How do you think, so the journey from that to today where movement is such a part of your life, you know, you're a Lululemon ambassador, you're a yoga teacher, you've started your own business within movement in the well-being space. And as you said, you're running the marathon again, not for the first time. <laughs> so you could you could forgive people for thinking that she is a sporty person. Yes. Now, maybe. Yeah. And I do always like to remind people that I'm, I guess I can't say I'm not because I am, but I, I wasn't. And for for what feels like way more of my life, whether it is or isn't, like, it's still, I still had like live in a bit of that body and that mindset of like, oh, I, I'm not a runner, I just run. Yeah. You know, like, it's like that. So um, it was basically a little bit of nagging from some friends, that friend that I worked with who was a PT. And I think I just got to a point, I was a bit bored. I was like, I really love to party. Like, I love to dance. I love to party. I'd you know, I'm that person that used to be like begging the DJ for one more track. You know, I was the person raving when, you know, I weren't, wasn't quite the right age to be raving. I knew like bouncers and you know what I mean? So I loved all of that. And I was just like, the weekend is for like enjoying yourself even more, letting your hair down. But my mate kept going on about this Friday night session. And I was thinking, no, Friday nights are for like, the session in the club like it ain't for I don't know what you're you know anyway I caved in and I was like I'm gonna come I'm gonna come with you like I do want to be I did want to be healthier and fitter but I don't think I really understood what that looked like you know and just mm. you just know the basics like move more yeah. right like I guess if you're starting from zero it's like well I know if I move more something will happen from that and then maybe trigger somewhere else and then you know hopefully you get more interested you learn more so I started going to um, this body weight calisthenics session outdoors and it was every Friday night it was like two hours and it was like from beginning to end two hours oh, Wow! and I remember coming home thinking I don't know why I like it there but I like it mm. and so I was thinking what is it what is it about this it's hard work also 
I'm not the best at being a beginner, I don't think. You know, that realisation of like, you know, in your mind, you're like, oh, like, I'd like to do blah, blah, blah. Then you either try it and the realisation slaps you so hard of how shit you are. Am I allowed to swear a little bit? Sorry. How shit you are at the thing. And then... It takes the enjoyment out. The ego starts to like rear its head and I'm like, how bad do you want this? Why do you want this? You know, and I start doing all that. So I was like, why do I like this? And I just, it just felt kind of good... I guess to achieve something in a different way. And I think sometimes I surprised myself at how well I could, you know, do a wheelbarrow race. <laughs> and sometimes I was really down on the fact that a pull-up, I've still never been able to do a unassisted pull-up, you know? So I started going to that and it was the people as well. Mm-hmm. So I was enjoying these things about myself and it was the people and I was going with my mate and then I was meeting new people and I tend to kind of get on with a lot of people quite easily, you know, and I just started committing to it. And the other thing was, I will add though, I will add, after that, I'd get home at like 9.30 and then I'd get changed and then I'd go for the second session. Oh, she's still going out. In the club, yeah. (laughs) So it was amazing because I was like, oh, this doesn't have to take away from my actual Mm. fun other life that I've committed time and energy and built credits up in. You know what I mean? I can do both of them. That was only body weight stuff, obviously. Then someone from that session, you see it's like a dirty catalyst, dirty affair, <laughs> was like, you should come to this other group. And she kept saying, she kept saying it, she kept saying it. And I was like, there's a big problem here. The name of this group has the word run in it. Mm-hmm. It was random crew, obviously. And I was like, I don't run. I'm not interested in runners. I had those visions of the, you know, being annoyed at the runners and just being like, the runners don't look like me. I don't look like them. I'm not interested. Blah, blah, blah. I can't run because I'd had quite, weird you know like hard experiences trying to run running felt like I was convinced running felt so hard in my mind and my body my heart everything that it just was not a sport for me mm-hmm. my makeup my body shape my anything doesn't matter what it was but whatever was unique to me mm-hmm. running was not compatible and I thought oh it must be something else I used to love to swim as well it's funny to say that I'm not a sporty person and just tying this up a little bit. I was just thinking in my mind and in the moment. I used to go swimming twice a week with essentially my god, with someone like my godmother, and we would do I don't know why sixty-two lengths every time. Whoa, I know, but it was her. Well, that's and that I'm was hearing, years ago. Well, that's what I'm hearing from the lot actually is that it's always the person. So it's the friend that got you to go to that. It's you know going swimming with your godmother. It's the person, the person, the person. I know you and how much yeah you do connect with a lot of people, but how much you create communities as well, how you bring people together. So maybe for you that was that was your gateway. That was your engagement. That was the thing that yeah made it yeah gave you a gateway I suppose in and I think if other people could find their gateway in for others it might be if they're really competitive they want yeah to compete for others it might be solo uh, a solo endeavor to achieve and like you said set your mind to something and like tick it off a list but for you hearing that I think yeah it must be it's the relationships isn't it it's the people yeah and I you know I didn't it's now we talk I'm talking about it with you or you know thinking about oh how do I normally do things I don't think I thought that at the time but yeah it was people and then with that just feeling quite good and I think not always necessarily known why I felt good either Mm. you know it was just like oh this feels really amazing and I think you know at at the moment of course different things that you train for will stop you from doing things in your life sometimes but at the start of entry it wasn't affecting anything else and I think that was probably a big, a big win for me. Yeah, that was something I wanted to kind of double click on when you said that, when you said, oh, I can still go to this session and then still hit the club because it's not even just about, I don't know, making the time to do both or whatever. I think for me, it's more about the idea of identity. And like you said, you've kind of, your commitment to this one thing. So I think for a lot of people, when they, the idea of starting something new and committing to something new means they have to give up on a, old commitment so give up on another commitment to themselves maybe and sometimes we're not willing to do that but I think again it's something that you do very well is that you don't things don't have to be binary it doesn't have to be oh you're into yoga and well-being so you can't party and do these things or you're into this thing so therefore and I think that thing of actually I hate to use the word unique mm-hmm. but we're all unique all multifaceted you can have 10 different versions of yourself and you can context switch go from the finish line to the club you know like I've definitely you know I love to run now didn't always (laughs) and for me you know when I when I 
go to different cities to run it's one of the best things about being in a new city for me is take my running shoes run in the morning you literally get to see the sights of a city before anyone's awake Mm. i love that but best believe when that run is over i want to experience the food of that city i want to experience the wine of that city i want to enjoy all the things the city has to offer and i do think that if we could have less of a binary approach of like you're a wellness person you're a even i said the word a sporty person you're a whatever then maybe more of us could access all the different parts of ourselves. Yeah, definitely. And I think, it, you know, it is hard. I think for people starting out as well, that was a really interesting thing that I hadn't realised would happen. I did think probably like, oh, you know, if I've got to give up my Friday nights that I'm really enjoying right now, why would I want to do that? Even if it is at the detriment to yourself, sometimes you are enjoying things that aren't great for you. Like, you know, maybe not getting as much sleep as I would if I wasn't doing that or you know, whatever it is, being sleeping in on the Saturday then and not having the Saturday morning. But being able to kind of enter into this newer thing, find out about this newer side to myself, but still keep what I still wanted was really nice. I think the other thing that kind of is the flip side of that is there have also been times where taking up this new thing has shown me that I either don't really want to do what I was doing before or it's not serving me anymore now or you know what yeah it's cool but I would rather be doing this other thing Mm. and I just think that that feels really kind of special actually to think that you know if you're not taking on these other opportunities and other doors that you know I don't know why my friend was so insistent on being like you should come you should come with me she was just like I don't understand and I was like oh it's not really my bag well you haven't been and I was like no that's fair enough I haven't been but if that hadn't have happened then big up Karina. <laughs> I should big her Shout up. Shout out to Karina. Um, then who knows, you know, maybe I would not be here right now. Maybe we wouldn't be friends. Maybe we, we wouldn't have some of the things in common that we do, you know, mm. and maybe I wouldn't even be in wellness. And you wouldn't have gone to Random Crew. No, and you might never have wouldn't. met Charlie. All of well, these things. Exactly. All of the things. Wow. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about yoga. Because mm-hmm. as I said, you are a yoga teacher and yeah. you're also the founder of Galflex yes. and Yoga Hood London. Mm-hmm. So let's look back a little bit from today to when you started Galflex. Mm-hmm. What was in your mind when you started it? What did it become? I mean, I know what it became, but yeah, what was in your mind when you started it? I just really wanted to try my best to create a space that hopefully attracted someone who maybe wasn't your average yogi or wasn't getting involved in, you know, practicing yoga or maybe thought that yoga wasn't for them. And I suppose that kind of edges a bit more on the physical practice of yoga, which, you know, for a little bit of background, we know is not the most important aspect of yoga. You know, if if you dive into yoga more, it's really got a moral code and a moral system and a way of being and life and how you show up and stuff, right? But when we talk about the physical practice, I would go to yoga myself and see spaces and these spaces are beautiful a lot of yoga studios are gorgeous but if you're already in that studio you probably already know the reasons why you're there and that yoga is good for you for x y and z Mm. right you've kind of already got the memo yeah and what year was this when you started galflex it was like 2015 yeah Yeah. because i think even between then and now the well-being space the fitness space a lot has changed and even i think even since the pandemic to be honest a lot has changed in terms of accessibility in terms of you know people discovering things through being available online, so not having to go physically to a space, so the kind of breaking down some of the barriers. But back in 2015, I remember it well, you know, been in the wellbeing industry for a long time as well. The it wasn't the same then. And so then it was very, uh, like you said, if you were in that space already, then maybe you knew the benefits of physical exercise, mm-hmm. mindfulness, etc. And you probably had money to go there because they were very expensive. Yeah. Not faddy, but trendy. It was kind of like, this is the new trend. This is the thing. This is the very affluent and very kind of luxe, luxury. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't feel like a necessity. It yeah. felt like a luxury, nice to have. This is going to be additive to your life as opposed to this is an essential that everyone should you know be able to tap into but yeah I think it's quite hard to even think that it's only been like 10 years how different it actually was then when you started Galflex yeah absolutely and so I was like firstly yoga doesn't have to be in yoga studios like this it really doesn't and how will other people find out about yoga if it's in these spaces there are a lot of barriers to entering the doors of any movement space be the gym be you know you think about your experience of signing up to something new and or walking through the doors of a new environment a new space and a space where like 
you might think, oh, am I allowed a phone? Am I allowed shoes? Where do, you, you know what I mean? You're not sure what to expect there. So I just thought, you know what? I don't love the offering necessarily that's available. So why don't I think about what would I like to be doing? And what's the vibe that I'm, I'd be interested in? And I thought, well, how do I practice at home? What, you know, what's going on? I had an amazing friend who was deep in, you know, teaching me about elements of my meditation practice. And I learned a lot from her as well. And I just thought, actually, and, and my grandma, Miss Linda, she was always like, she's just so, she was actually a, a yogi and she didn't know it. Um, <sighs> and I'd see her doing all these stretches on the floor and just bending herself into all these poses. I don't think she even knew, you know, necessarily what she was doing. And she'd always say to me like, you know, she'd see me in outfit or see me doing something. She'd be like, go on, yeah. Like she'd always big <laughs> me up. Yeah. And I just thought, actually, I just want, I wanted people to know from the outset, which is why it's called Gyal Flex and even the spelling, that this is entrenched in where I'm from, my family and in blackness. Mm. So that I think from the outset, maybe people can't always read what the vibe might be like. So I was just trying to be like, you know what, that's an amazing name. Um, And I think actually Charlie might have even been, I have to give him some props because I think he might have even been part of that name. But I was like, but it also, like someone once asked me if I thought I should change the name because they were experiencing problems pronouncing it. And that person was not black or brown. And I was like, no, because if you can't pronounce it or you don't get it, that's actually fine. Well, I was just about to say, because I, and not to be like, oh, if you know, you know, but seeing the words Galflex and seeing it, you know, for, you know, a space, as you said, to be, to make, people of colour feel welcome to make yeah. black people feel like blackness is something that we can as we've talked about before with this non not not separating things out blackness can be a part of your well-being experience can be a part of your yoga practice can be a part of everything right down to the playlist like all of that then you are creating a space for black people and again even now the conversation's moved on a lot since 2015 but I'm sure did you face challenges then where was anyone saying to you like well you can't create a space well I'm sure it wasn't exclusively for black people but was there any challenge there about people saying well can I come to your class if I'm not black? Yeah, there was. So we did a few one-off exclusive um, classes um, where we teamed up with like really amazing organisations like Black Girl Fest. And I would get quite a lot of backlash from that. Like in the DMs, it was like, um, really, it was always like, really think what you're, you know, love you, think you're amazing, da, da, but like, I think you're adding to the problem by having um, exclusive spaces. And I did that thing where I was like, I need to just breathe. I need to not reply to this right now. I wondered if I... I was like, I don't owe these people even a reply. Went out on a, on a run, came back, was thinking about it again the next day and, you know, took my time. And then another person just being like, well, you know, um, I think it would just be great if we could all do it together. And I was like, I think it'd be great if we could too. But <laughs> clearly we can't because I'm not sure where other people that don't look like you are getting their wellness and getting their yoga and getting... And I'm sure, let's, let's not pretend that I'm the only person that's ever done this. No, not at all. And there are those spaces and, you know, sometimes it's just not on Instagram. You know what I mean? Mm, it's stuff that's yeah. happening in community centres and in, in spaces. Like there's a lot of studios that are popping up in areas thinking maybe that they're doing something for the first time. And you're like, no, bro, the <laughs> the local tenants hall does yoga and it's got like mass diversity happening. You know, like go and reach out to the, maybe it might, might seem more grassroots to you. So just wanted to clear that up. But I did get a bit of um, backlash, not loads, but a little bit. And I just thought, in an ideal world, I would love yoga studios to look like London. And I think it's quite, mm. you know, London is very different to the rest of the UK. And I feel like it's insane to me that there are still these spaces where like, you can walk in as the only black person and be like, see one other one. And you, you see it in <laughs> each other's eyes. <laughs> you see it in the eyes, there's the nod and you're like, oh, you know, okay, this is good. I see you, see me. I mean probably you would even do that even if you didn't like the person you know if you had a bit of a falling out so you'd be like oh at least you're here um <laughs> so I was just like this is crap what can I do and then I just thought with the help of um my network and friends and Charlie and people I was like well you know the Ace Hotel I've got a good relationship with them I've got a good relationship with Miranda which was a nightclub maybe I we could do like a one-off thing there we've got a good relationship with uh the Truman Brewery and I was like maybe I could do uh, something in there and sometimes they could be free things sometimes they would be you know they'd be paid but I'd always when I could which was pretty much I want to say like 90% of the time even more give away a couple of free tickets mm. because 
it would be simplistic to say that you know the it's economic problems why some people aren't getting their yoga and black people specifically are not that's really reducing the topic but if it was an issue Mm. I wanted to make sure that I was actually trying to reduce some of the barriers to yoga so when you came in I'm like, you can have your phone out. Please just don't let it interrupt us. Do you know what I mean? Like, I get it. You might be waiting for an important phone call. You might be a carer. You might be, or whatever. It doesn't matter. But let's not have it ring in. I'm like, it doesn't have to be all hush, hush, hush when you come in the studio. If you see someone lying down, relaxing, then maybe don't go up to them and start, you know, disturbing the peace they're creating. But if you see your mates, like, chat to each other. Ask each other, how was your day? How were things? These questions are just almost like a conversation fillers. Mm. It's like, how are you? Yeah, fine. Cool, wicked. Are we ready to, you know, it just goes straight on. But in that space where we were going to give ourselves some time to be, like we'd we'd put in the diary, this time is for me. Maybe you might want to interact with someone on a different level and listen to how they actually are or be heard on how you are. So I would uh, have uh, thought what they're called thought starters Hmm. yeah is that what they're called yeah yeah i'd like and we started off with handwritten ones like it was like it was basic it was primary school i mean handwritten (laughs) in my best handwriting you know and there were cards put on the thing and there were slogans from like um hip mostly from hip-hop tracks we'd have live djs we'd have a segment at the end called back chat and and that would all be written in like eventbrite and like it would say back chat and people would be like, we don't understand. I'm like, yeah, because you don't understand because you don't know about back chat. You don't know about nearly getting licks for back chatting people in your family, your elders. If you're going to come in the room and not say, hello, auntie, blah, blah, you're going to call them by their first name. Like, no, do you know what I mean? So I was like, the back chat is how I think as a young person is part of how I learned how to navigate the world a bit, navigate conversations and deal with adults a little bit, right? Mm. And so I was like, actually... In yoga, there's a lot of time after the class where the teacher might be back to back or have to leave. and Or maybe you're just like, this isn't my teacher. I don't want to talk to him on this level. But we would kind of have this segment called back chat where we'd then, if it was just me or whoever I might have teamed up with, we'd sit and be like, any questions? We don't know if we've got the answers, but this is the back chat session where we can like have a little to and fro. I love it. Um, and so some people got that and some people didn't. You know, the flyers would have like a lot of red, gold and green. So there was like all of this stuff that if you knew, you knew. Yeah. If you didn't, you didn't. And that, that wasn't say so you couldn't come, but just come and be respectful mm. of what's going down, you know? Yeah. No, it's wonderful. And like I said, I've seen, uh, I think oh, years ago, you know, from afar, I would always see you doing these wonderful things. And I think, you know, more recent years, you know, getting to know you more and just seeing that you've been able to do something that I think very few people are able to do. And that is bridging that gap between two worlds. And I think a lot of brands have tried to do it, you know, more recent years and probably still try to. And I think it's not, yeah, it's not an easy thing to do. And I think it is something about about you, about your real, I guess, candidness. You know, you always are yourself. And I know you'll probably think, well, well of course I'm myself. Like, what, who else could I be? But a lot of people, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they might find it difficult to go into different spaces, to be authentically themselves, to wear what they want to wear, to have a red lip, mm. to wear the jewellery, to just be themselves and not feel like... And it's not their fault because I think it's, it's not being being made to feel like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that is not appropriate in this space, whether that's the corporate world, whether that's the wellbeing world, whether that's education. There's so many spaces where, let's be honest, there's a kind of code of conduct or some unwritten rules or some, you know, you know what I'm talking about, where you feel like, oh, I can't wear my hair in that way or I can't wear a trainer. I should probably wear a shoe. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, catch myself doing it at certain things where I think, oh, if I'm delivering a keynote and I'm wearing this power suit and I want to wear a trainer, now I have the confidence to go on the stage in a trainer. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? But maybe, maybe five years ago, I wouldn't have done that. Maybe I'd have thought, oh, I need to look more professional here. I need to look more whatever. And that is, you know, lots of layers as to the reasons why. But I think because this whole thing of lead by example is, is what comes to mind when I witness the way you have, as I said, bridged this gap between different worlds, between the kind of well-being space of 2015, which was very affluent, white, well, just very kind of one way, one look, and saying, actually, no, let's just put a little twist on it. Let's make this space. Let's let's do Galflex. Let's have the playlist. Let's have the vibes. Let's have the back chat. Let's do it in a different way. And, and just opening that up to people, I think, is just, yeah, it's been really wonderful to see. And of course, you've gone on to do it again and again and again. And we need to talk about running because we both are, I think we're both runners that would say we're not runners. I would even say, oh no, I say that now. But for years I was always like, I'm not a runner. I always say I'm not naturally an endurance runner. It's like, what does that even mean? What it means is I find it 
so hard so hard i'm like in my mind i'm like Adrian, you are jamaican sprinter so no wonder <laughs> yes. no no wonder after 200 meters you're going to find it hard for the next 26 miles and it's funny because people say well you always do half marathons and you're doing a marathon so you must love it oh that yeah. is not why i'm doing it i'm doing it because it's hard yeah um and i'm regretting it every day i mean i'm cracking up because i was talking about this today someone had told me they've started running and I was like, oh, that's amazing. And I was like, was your, you know, have you run before? And they were like, no, they're just, um, they're, but they're enjoying the journey. I was like, oh, it's amazing. I was, and I just said, I don't know if it's just me. There does seem to be a pool of runners out there that like running. <laughs> and it's it's too like black and white for me to be like, I don't like running. It's not like that. It's a really complicated relationship. And I think that a few things have helped me with it. I think that it's kind of like your life, right? So life is not just this one line, this one line where nothing is happening. There's no up, there's no down. Like in every moment of the day, you know, I got an email before this podcast and I was like, wish I hadn't seen that email just yet because now my vibe is being messed with. Do you know what I mean? I was about to bust out Kendrick Lamar lyrics. But anyway, um, so it's constantly, whether it's small little blips up and down, but you know, it's and that is running. But it's kind of like on time lapse. So, you know, like you'll start your run out and it'll be like, oh, wow, like so grateful for my body. Yeah, like I can run. That's my like running American voice. Um, you know, this feels so good. So grateful to have a body. There are people, you know, like that they can't do this if they wanted to or, you know, whatever the thing is. And you just or like even for myself, there's been times in my life where I haven't been able to run, where I've been in recovery from something or whatever. And then like 30 seconds later, you are literally being handed your own ass <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is, you're panting. There's like a phantom pain that's just appeared. You're convinced Uncomfortable that you've, yeah, somewhere. you've yeah. broken your toe or whatever. <laughs> and then like, oh, that's, like, oh, wow, was that a bird? Like in the middle of like, in a city London. Oh, that was nice, wasn't it? Da -da. And then it's, it starts again. Like, oh, I didn't do that thing. And it is a journey. Every I don't know. Are run. we selling running to anyone? Well, you here? see, this is the thing. Because some people, <laughs> as, yeah, I do, obviously, I've been running now for 10 years. So there's obviously a reason I'm still doing it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess to zoom out a little bit, it's like the things that I do enjoy about running, honestly, are, are solitude. Because I'm someone who, given the choice, I'll always be right next to someone. Yeah. I'll be chatting. I'll be with people. I love people. So we all need some solitude in yeah. our lives. And I'm not someone who has a mindful practice, a daily meditation practice, and, in, and maybe I should. I often say that I should, but often I think that running can be that for me. Yeah. Because sometimes I'm listening to a, a podcast or I'm listening to a book or I'm listening to music, but sometimes I'm not listening to anything. And I feel like for me, the kind of, the, the it's gonna sound, what's the word? The metronome, mm. the metronome of my feet. Boom, 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 boom. It can kind of just, I can just block out everything for a while. So sometimes it's like, I don't think about anything for yeah. an hour. And other times it's like, just what you described, where I'm thinking about loads of things. I might think about a conversation that I need to have. I might think about a confrontation. I might think about something. And then by the end of the run, I've almost like worked it out. I've mm. kind of got to a solution. So there's all these different kinds of runs and those runs are great. And I'm not thinking about, the times or the distance or the thing that's just my running for enjoyment I think what's happened recently because we're both training for the London Marathon is that suddenly you have a schedule you have a plan and of course you need a, a plan you can't just train yeah. you know you have to train for the race it needs to be progressive you need to increase your distance over time and I've got also a probably a bit of PTSD from the first time I did the <laughs> London Marathon so I just have this inner I guess, anxiety, mental block, whatever you'd call it, about the marathon distance, about mm. that much time being out there. Because I feel like once you once you go, you go. There's no going yeah. back. So you, I feel like for me, it's like, I know now that once, once you start, you might get to mile 14, 18, 20, whatever. And if you, you know, you call it the crash, if you hit the wall, if you, there's no going back. You just basically, there's only one way forward to that finish line where mm. you have to drag yourself there which I did the first time. So I think that's why we're, when we sit down today and I'm like, oh, running, like you said, it's not necessarily that we have to sell it to people, but I think it's become a chore for me in the last few weeks. And that's what I'm not enjoying. I'm not enjoying it being an obligation that I have to run tomorrow or I have to run this far tomorrow yeah. or I have to run this many miles. Like, I just want to run my way for as long as I want. And that's not the reality of marathon training. No, it's not. I think, I think I, I'm, I think maybe this is the same for us though. I think though you do have to have a plan. You have to run consistently. But I was recently talking about the fact that I don't know. I've always been a bit like, oh, schedules. I don't want a schedule imposed on me. But this kind of like three 
day commitment to running has kind of been quite nice. It's felt a bit looser than some other like schedules put on you. And if you do need to change the order of those things, you can do it. I mean, someone said to me the other day like, oh, speed run. And I was like, I haven't done a single speed run. It's not in my body right now. I'm not interested in trying to be fast and I don't want to go to the track. I I don't want to do it. I'm not interested. Mm. So actually every run has been easy pace. And yes, it means it's going to be a very slow and a lot of hours on the road marathon, but it's doing it my way a little bit more, you know? And I think as a, as someone said to me, like, you know, you, you just, you have to run the race that you can run that day. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't buy back the fact that... So this week, what's been on my mind is I thought I'd made peace with the fact that I had to have four weeks off because I was ill. And I thought that, you know, I'd finally got into a space where I was like, you know, I can't buy that back. It's fine. But how I felt after my long run on the weekend really brought home to me that I can't know this for sure, but I can feel the impact of that lapsed time of, you know, not training at all. And it annoys me. It's pissed me off. I ain't going to lie. I'm like, I'm pissed. I'm journaling about it. I'm trying to meditate on it. I'm trying to get in a better space of it. But I'm vexed because I'm like, you know, I feel like I've run a marathon after 16 miles, but I can't, I just got to get out of that headspace. So I am literally looking at each run as they come. I'm trying to look at the overview of the week and try and be like, what would be the best day for this long run to happen on? Like where I can have as much time to myself after. But like you, you know, I've now been running for 10 years a bit more like how did that happen but and you've still got that skin you can't see it listeners but her face the skin is divine I'm like I feel like running is aging me alright I've got in tips cold, on that. in this cold weather I'm running this face your face looks like you've not run a day outside I've got some a lot of people have been saying to me lately not about my face but like about their faces i got I got some skincare stuff for you on, on, on that we can we can talk about that so that'll be a whole other episode but um, the way I kind of think about running um, and excuse the pun, but also about life or try to, it doesn't always work, but that it's like a journey. It's just a journey and nothing's going to end at the end, like the race ends, yes, but my life isn't going to, you know, mm. like nothing's ending, nothing's final at that point and nothing ever kind of really is, right? Even after the endings in your life, epic endings, heartbreak, job wins and losses and, you know, like if you think back to all the endings that you've had, and then what was the very first new thing that happened? The beginning, the start, the whatever, you know? And I think that most of us, I would like to think this, I know if you actually could have a really accurate record of big epic endings that, that kind of had an impact on you. And then what came next, the opening, the new beginning, the freshness, the whatever, I would think that they would equal each other mm. and that you'd see this like, because I I mean I should have said this at the beginning I do have a bit of a problem sometimes with wellness language it's all like really wanky and like <laughs> but essentially it's just part of the cycle of life right it's mm. just part of this like shedding blossoming blooming it's the seasons it's nature it's it's what happens there are no endings without beginnings there are no beginnings without endings and it does sound wanky and I hold my hands up to that when I find <laughs> some better words I will be bringing out the wellness dictionary for you and I will be but I, no I've, I'm enjoying it because that idea actually as well diminishes in a good way diminishes the the epicness of it so for example when I said then I've got like this anxiety about you know the the race day because my first experience of the marathon was it was it was really terrible you know I didn't know how to fuel my body I didn't really know how to train for a marathon back then I went into it like I do with most things the first time I do them naively and full of optimism and energy I was high-fiving everybody this is amazing I was giving out a motivational speech at the start line literally to my friends saying to them at the end of today we will be marathon runners like and you we, are yeah but I mean when I told you the energy what I was given at the start line I told them we have got everything to gain and nothing to lose you should have seen me two hours later those friends were nowhere to be seen I was literally like they've forsaken me what I'm alone in these streets and it was honestly I just I'd had six months before of really challenging uh, experience in my life and I'd actually had a miscarriage quite like before so I had low iron in you know my body but mentally and emotionally I can be honest with you I was just I had nothing you know I was drained to zero so then I kind of picked the marathon as something to kind of pick me up and focus on I was like I need to focus on something that's gonna get me out of this slump of just feeling fed up and feeling down and just you know checking you know my cycle I just was like I just want to focus on something else yeah but my body was not ready 
So now when I think, okay, that's why you suffered. That's why it was so horrible. And it's not the same now. You know, I keep have this phrase I say to people sometimes when they're, um, you know, reflecting on something that wasn't bad, that was bad and trying to make it better, which is literally three simple words, which it's different now it's different now. So this time around, I'm like, you know how to fuel your body, you know how to train. You've been running for 10 years. It's completely different, mm. but it's still, that voice still creeps in. I'm like, oh, but what you just said then, looping back to this idea of, you know, endings. And I've got this thing, I've made it this big deal in my mind, but actually it's just another run, like the run I'm going to do next week, yeah. the long run, like the long run I did two weeks ago. It's just another long run. So the ending that you just said, like, doesn't matter. It's for me the way I'm trying to articulate this is it's actually kind of diminished the day in yeah. a good way because it's like it's just another run where you'll start there you'll finish there that ending as you just said crossing that line isn't going to make a damn bit of difference to the next day of your life no it's it's kind of like building up to the journey of other things and I think the thing with running is that I thought running was an extension of walking and a big part of my brain still can't understand why it's very basic movement and I don't mean to disrespect running mm. at all. We've just talked about, but there's very basic movement. You know, one of like, one of the first things we'd learn to do is to walk most, right? Mm. And so something we've been doing for a long time and then like we just speed it up a little. I was like, <laughs> why is this so hard? Why yeah. is this bringing up, bringing up so much space mm. in a good way? So much head space, so much heart space and also so much like, like challenge. challenge and yeah. clutter and talk and... Yeah. And whatever. I think as well, last to round it and to end on that maybe is that I have to remember as well. It's weird. I don't feel that I'm a competitive person really. Apart from someone might listen to this and be like, uh, I saw you playing <laughs> um it's like it's like charades, but it's like Pictionary, but not right. So I, actually in board games, I can get a bit thingy. I didn't know okay. about myself, but in other scenarios, not at all really. And I think that sometimes on the run, I forget that. And it's like, no, I'm not running for anything. Mm. Okay, outside of the marathon training. Like, I just know that getting out for me is good. Know that I feel good in nature. Know that it's great to get some daylight, even if you're in London and it's a bit grey. I don't want to subscribe to that because it's a lot sunnier than some of you people who don't live here think. <laughs> but it's good for me. Da, 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 da. You don't regret leaving your house going for a walk as long mm. as you don't get injured or nothing bad happens to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think... That I, even I, someone who doesn't deem themselves to be competitive, I just have to remember sometimes, like, it's fine. Like, you're going, what, who cares what pace? Who cares how far? Mm, yeah, what are you running for? What are you running for? And it's, it's, it's right. I think I'm not competitive. People would laugh. My, my siblings would laugh. I'm not competitive. Even I'm... Really? <laughs> I'm like, are you not at all? Not with, not with running. Not with okay. running. Definitely not with all running. Right. No, I, I think... Um, I'm not competitive with running and not with against others, not with myself. And I think I try to remind myself and remind others that everyone's everyone's training is different. Everyone's capacity to train is different. You know, I have a friend, she is an amazing, amazing runner. She's an insane runner. Mm -hmm. She's doing the London Marathon and she's training her butt off right now to go for a sub three hour time. Ooh. And she is putting in the work. But she said to me, because I'm always like, oh my gosh, I can't even go for a jog with you because, you know, I can't keep up with her. But she was like, yeah, but, you know, she's single she doesn't have kids she loves her career and she works in fitness and she was like all the time I want I can dedicate to running she mm. was like I can literally if I want to I can do back-to-back -back sessions I can do track sessions I can do long run sessions I can do bike sessions all the things is around this goal that she has yeah and I'm like hats off to you because you are putting in the work but she's like you know an elite, elite athlete for example might have all of the different resources they might have a physio they might have a nutritionist they might have all these different things helping and supporting them somebody else who's doing the race maybe they're doing it for a charity for an organization maybe they're just doing it for the experience and they might also work two jobs have two kids they might have all these other things that they're doing and they only get to really go out and run at the weekend yeah. so everyone's like everyone's journey is so different so this idea that you're going to compete and look at someone else's run or someone else's time or someone else's thing and kind of go oh that's they're a good runner or they're a better runner than this person it's just so bizarre and mm. it's so like it's just weird so yeah I always try and say that to others but also to myself where I'm like this is a part of your life yeah. remember that you're supposed to be doing this because you want to and because I want to raise money and awareness for the Outrunners charity shout out to the Outrunners boop, 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 boop. and that's it and I'm like yeah you have kids and you have a job and you have and, and it's a privilege right of course yeah absolutely so yeah I think for like you said very very complex journey with, with running and there'll be times where I talk about running and I'm like it's the best thing ever <laughs> and right now four weeks before that race I'm like Oof, I have been running 
happening and in the cold mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you yeah. I, I will never stop complaining about running in winter um, I just complain every day and then yeah it kind of when it started to feel like it was getting to be a chore that's when I started thinking okay this is this is you know it's hard work it's a commitment it is as you said a real privilege to be doing it as well and after I've done it I'll stop talking about it yeah until the next one mm. 
you know, p- pounding down. So sometimes I just try and really sound again, wanky, wanky wellness alert. But I try and like, just take in, what does that feel like? Mm. Like as the water comes down, like, you know, um, I will, when I'm making the coffee, I'm like sniffing. I love the smell of coffee. So I take a minute, like just wake up the senses a little bit. And it does sound really basic, but I think myself, my friends, like, it's like this life is like this it's just constant 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 there's just movement there's you're never doing one thing at one time and actually you know mindfulness is present moment awareness so it's just getting that one thing that one task and dedicating and devoting all of your attention and any of the senses that you can get involved into that moment so you can have a full-bodied experience you know drinking a cup of coffee where I've just like backed it it's it's like it's like I didn't even know it happened, mm. you know. When it's Yeah, if you're doing lots of things, you're racing out the door, you just inhale some breakfast, it's completely different to what you just described, which yeah. is noticing the smell, enjoying and savouring the taste, being in a quiet space. And, and again, you might you say, like, you know, it sounds wellness and it sounds, you know, mindful. And I think even those words now, we just say them so quickly. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do this mindful thing, you know, do yeah. some mindful practice. But I think, yeah, just actually noticing, you said the word attention, you know, where is your attention most of the time we're trying to split our attention you know we've we've we know a lot in this last few years around how detrimental it is for us to try and split our attention you know in this attention deficit economy mm. essentially and i think just if if nothing else if people could just think about that word and say is your attention on the coffee that you're drinking or is your attention on the shower or the the food that you're eating and I guess sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But yeah, I think that that's what yeah, I'm hearing. And something that, again, a lot of people do this, but I guess I'm speaking to the person who maybe was like me and kind of was like, oh, whatever, who wants to do that? But p- planning and packing and organising things the night before to set up that morning is really important to me. And not only does it shave time off your day, so if you have a chaotic morning, sorting everything out as much as you can to the best of your ability the night before is a, is a game changer for giving yourself more time. And for actually not disturbing the brain too much. Like the reason why I don't, I try not to look at my phone or even put on the TV or news or like a radio that's talking about um, current things is because I don't want to tap into that like intellectual side of my brain I don't want to open up that logical side I'm trying to sort of stay still slightly in that fuzzier like I've just opened up you know like just when flowers start to blossom it's they're just kind of receiving everything in I'm trying to be a receiver of just gently letting things drop in as opposed to this like you know you open up Instagram and you're already pissed off because maybe I don't know, you feel like someone's doing a bit better than you, you know, if you're you're having a day like that. Or actually you're pissed off because there's a really awful world crisis happening and Mm. you just don't even know what to do with yourself or the feelings that might be brewing right now. So I try and do those things because I think it's a better, I think it's a a more truer example of my my actual self when I've not been like tampered with by the world do you know what I mean and I think it's also a truer sense of what's my mood like today how how am I today like what's happening where am I at where do I need to also if I wake up that morning and everything is giving me other signifiers then I'm like well I do like to also ask I think actually my power hour thing the one thing that I think all people could do that's actually probably easier than all of that stuff is ask yourself what do I need for myself today because in turn, it sets you up for the day better. It makes your interactions with people better. It makes them and their, those interactions, theirs, better with you, mm. the people that you might live with as well. So it's like, where do I need to tend to myself today? Like, what what feels like it needs more TLC, more nurturing? Like, am I really tired today? Okay, can I take some things out of the, the schedule if you've got that luxury? Or, okay, what can I be doing to myself? Is it actually, do you know what? Normally, I would be having like granola today, but... I am boxing off some croissants. This is what I want. Did it like, I've got a real thing with croissants. So like, I will actively go out the house and be like, you know what? I want a fresh baked croissant. And yes, London, it will be five pound, but we will, have, we will have it. So that question is really important. And you could ask it the night before. What do I need to set myself up for tomorrow? Yeah. But I do like the, the check-in with yourself. Yeah. You could be in the shower being like, everything feeling good today? How am I feeling? How's my heart feeling? How's my head feeling? How's my gut feeling? Gut instinct? Mm-hmm. You know, do yeah. I need to nourish myself in one of those areas more? I think that 
probably feels less wanky, less woo-woo, and something that everyone can do. You can mm. all be like, what do I need today? And it's good to notice the good, because I know, you know, when we say, you know, check in and see how do you feel, often people think they're looking for something bad. So like, yeah, yeah. how do I feel? Do I feel tired? Do I feel this? But also recognising when you feel great, yeah. when you've got this excitement or you've got energy, or maybe you're looking, maybe there's something in your diary that day you're really looking forward to. You're going to see that friend that you've been waiting to see. Or there's, maybe it's Sunday and you're, or a day where you, if you don't work Sundays or whatever day you don't work where you think I've got no plans my favourite days mm. at the moment because sometimes you know life can get a little bit full is when I go oh I've got no plans and I'm like your time is completely your own whatever you want to do if you want to procrastinate and faff about I love to faff you can faff or if you you know want to whatever it's so nice to have that luxury so sometimes as well when you're doing that like what do I need today if you're like today I feel great today mm. I feel really energised today I feel really happy and I'm, I'm just loving this vibe use it don't waste it yeah and you know again just getting to know yourself and to get getting to think about life it's not it's not a line you know it's got mm. these little it's little ups and downs and I'm like that's exciting it can be exhausting but there are things that you we can all do you know the things that align with people more than others but it's exciting if your life was literally just one flat line mm. um well quite literally flat line you know I do I do that's that's an ending that's an ending that's an ending, that's an ending. you know if you're yeah. if you're well, I mean, no but honestly it sounds silly but like that is yeah the reality of that is that isn't something to be racing towards to be yeah. rushing towards and yeah. you know often when people are like i've got to achieve these things and tick these things off before before what yeah because we're not rushing to the end of our lives no. surely wow what a place to leave it what a place <laughs> to leave it on that note there was something i wanted to add but i don't i'm like is this is this podcast etiquette to do that is that all right of course um, when we were talking about yoga and we're talking about showing up as our authentic selves, you know, something that has been really beautiful for me and for other people that practice with me has been this like, use the mat for that. Use your yoga practice for that. Like, if you are not showing up in the world how you want to, how you kind of the, into the person you want to be, or who you truly are. So that is kind of different versions of show coming up into the world. And I hate to say, you know, all these words are so obvious about authentic self, but you know, what, what else can I say? Actually, how your practice looks on the mat as a, as a trusted, uh, beautiful teacher once said to me, like, you know, what you do on the mat, you probably doing that in your life. Challenging poses. And I'm not talking about like being on your hands, upside down hands. I'm not about challenging. I'm on about lying still in Shavasana, which is just lying on your back, you know, do you struggle with that? Because arguably, maybe you struggle with some stillness in your life or maybe you, you did, you know what I mean? Like, so practicing how you want to show up in the world and who you truly and authentically are on the yoga mat has been just beautiful to see, beautiful to experience, beautiful to share with other people and to encourage and to try to hopefully provide and promote that space. And I just thought, oh my gosh, we completely, that was something that was sort of missed. And, mm. and it was a big driving force around Yoga Hood and Galflex. And something that I'm really deeply passionate about now, you know, and something that also floors me every time because there are poses that I do avoid and that I'm like, oh, I haven't done that one for a while because they're challenging for various reasons mm. and not just physical, you know, yeah. bringing up a, a whole different emotional story, a mental story. And again, I feel like I've opened up another can of worms mm. and I'm going to shut that no, down. No, but, but it's all right. But I think that's the... Yeah, I think that's why it takes practice, right? It's why you do it again and again and again and again. So where can people practice with you? Can people practice with you? Do you have a class? Is there something online? Is something in London that people can um, search and find? Yes, I'll make this quick. Life changed quite a lot, obviously, after the last couple of years. And my public offering is very slim at the moment, but I am working on it. I'm basically really being intentional with where I put my time and my energy. And hopefully, you know, we'll be creating... Uh, something the same but different to before the pandemic right so for the moment obviously you can catch me on socials and I love a chat I'm not that person where it's like you then are like I saw you but I didn't want to say hi come and say hi if you see me in real life I am Miss Sanchia Ledge annoying it is three s's wasn't thinking about that when I decided oh. that handle 
But I think, if, yeah, I mean, you, you will find. But anyway. Well, we'll also leave it in funny. the show notes. And on a Wednesday night, you can come and hang out with me at Cycle in Shoreditch at the moment. So like I said, I, I keep saying it because all my regulars and people over there say like, what's happening? Why can't we practice with you? And I'm like, well, you can, but it's a slim choice right now. Yeah. But I wanted to let people know because, you know, people come from this maybe and if they do mm. think, where can I? And they're like, uh, this chick's got one class. Wagwan. <laughs> and I'm like. Well, stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> I will be ready for the summer flex. Exactly. Right. We need to get you in a class. Oh. Maybe we should do something to. together. I would love to. <gasps> Run and yoga. Let's do it. And there I won't even if it's summer I won't even complain that it's cold. All right, it will definitely the sun will be out. Yes. I can't guarantee, guarantee. the heat though. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Santia. And thank you everyone as always for tuning in to the Power Hour podcast. I hope that you have loved this episode as much as I have. I hope that it has maybe given you something to think about maybe lifted your mood your vibe your energy or maybe just entertained you for an hour as always you can let us know you can rate you can review you can reach out to us have an awesome week stay safe stay well and i'll be back next week with another episode see ya bye Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.